Welcome to the Young Crones Cafe, where you can get a magic brew full of all sorts of information, both witchy and practical. Grab a cup of coffee and join us. I'm Elizabeth, a wordsmith. And I'm Dave, a modern-day sage. We are going to talk about various witchcraft and life topics from a slightly more mature perspective, at least most of the time. Thanks for joining us. Today's metaphysical kernel of thought is the element of air as smoke. Air is the only physical element we cannot actually see because it is shapeless, formless, invisible. We can see its motion with the trees blowing in the wind or feel a breeze on our faces. We take oxygen into our lungs or smell the sense of burning incense. It is about feeling its effects and seeing what it is doing rather than experiencing the element directly. It is not like fire where we can see it burning and experience its heat or water because we can immerse ourselves in it or take it into ourselves by drinking. Many parts of our practice on the path involve the use of incense. We spend time figuring out what we want to burn in terms of correspondences and where in ritual we will offer devotion or thanksgiving or to establish connections. The smoke of incense demonstrates the movement of the element of air. It reveals its flows and eddies as it wafts upwards. Combination of movement with lots of smoke and the smells created somehow make it more concrete for us, more real somehow. We have taken to using the two words almost interchangeably in ritual. For us, they have essentially become one and the same thing. So far, the element hasn't seemed to mind either. Our connection has become stronger and more real by thinking this way. Hey, Dave. Hi, Elizabeth. How are you today? Oh, good. Just thinking as we're getting ready to have another discussion about a metaphysical criminal thought, we're getting closer and closer to the end. And I keep hoping some listener will have a brilliant idea of what they might want us to talk about when we end this particular segment. Yes. Something has always popped up. Well, sure. We'll continue to. Sure. Oh, I know. I think it's more anticipatory than anything else. Right. But today's metaphysical thought is all about the idea of air as smoke. The element of air as smoke. Exactly. Light the charcoal, Dave. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> the ritual. Burn the incense, get the smoke wafting. In, in right. Well, when you think about it, if you've got fire, you can see it. You can hear the flames crackle. You can feel its heat. Water can make you wet. Or you can drink it. Or, you know, feel, feel the rain coming down on occasion. We've been out there in the rain doing ritual. We're well aware of the existence of water especially in certain times of the year in this area and earth you're sitting on it mm-hmm. your physical your physical body is a representation of earth those are all concrete things so it makes it somewhat easier to start establishing a connection well and they all with the exception of air satisfy all five senses in one way or another yeah exactly and air is kind of nebulous it is How's that? It's very mental. It's associated with the mind, too, because one of the biggest correspondences of areas, new ideas, mental clarity, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Knowledge. So it's a very head as opposed to emotion, soul connection kind of thing. But you still feel it. It still satisfies the tactile. 
Well, sure it does. You can it's, still see it because you still see either air moving the smoke or air moving the trees or air blowing the grass or what have you. Obviously, you can feel the air blowing next to you or blowing at you. Yeah. You can smell the air to yeah. a degree. You can taste it. I mean, if it's the, the air in autumn, to me, tastes different, if you will, than the air in spring. Well, I agree with They're that. just a lot more subtle. You really kind of have to work at mm -hmm. being able to directly interact with air. Yeah, I like that. It's a more subtle connection. It's not mm -hmm. that there isn't one. The other ones are kind of right in your face, especially if you get too close to the park. <laughs> you know. Or if you hit the ground at a high rate of speed. Yeah, Yeah, but you, but you get the point. Sure. You know, they are more attached to our, to our direct physicality, I think is a good way to describe it. Mm -hmm. Easier for us to connect our physicality to those. So, because... Do what I like incense, or we like incense. You like incense. You know, there is something to be said for crafting a blend of some sort or finding an individual thing you wanted to burn for a particular ritual, whether because it was a correspondence or it smelled good, or I like this one for some reason. We're gonna burn that. That was one of Sue's statements a lot. You know, you know, it, it just worked. And it allowed you to have a representation for us as incense is associated with air for some reason. Sure. Some people associate it with fire, which I get because you have to light it on fire to make the smoke. But we started noticing, okay, we can really see air when you watch the eddies of smoke from incense rising. You know, like you said, that subtle connection, we feel the breeze on our face or we may see the grass move. But this is right in front of us. And it's something we did that made air visible. Right. And we can see it and smell it and taste it. And yeah, absolutely. It's, it's present, if you will. Yes. As opposed to suddenly in the background. It's like all of a sudden they're the star of the damn show. <laughs> well, and there's, there's also, I, uh, you know, I was thinking about watching you and Susie do rituals through the years and sometimes Jeremy and whatnot, some other mm -hmm. folks. And at the at the high point in some of your rituals, when you say smoke, where a lot of people like me, you know, I'll light a couple sticks of incense or know. light a cone or whatever. Mm -hmm. When when you guys were doing ritual you would have three or four charcoals going and people putting herbs on them to where we had to disable the smoke alarms. <laughs> now I know. And, and at least one time in Jeremy's living room, I know you could not see across the room and our eyes were all watering. Mm -hmm. So we were literally just embedded or immersed in smoke. Yeah. But at that moment, there was such a powerful sensation that to me, I wanted to talk about some of the things we do have such of an impact on us because we have been doing them for literally tens of thousands of years. Oh, yeah, I agree. And for 100,000 years, we have had fires in caves. And so having that compressed, compacted area filled with smoke um, and this obviously is for, for indoor contexts, but having that sort of swimming pool of smoke is something that harkens back to 
our very, very primitive states. And so it opens up a lot of that primitive energy for us. I think so. I like that idea. I hadn't really considered that in a while. Yes, I can remember <laughs> asking, you know, <laughs> setting up for ritual on the checklist. Did we take the batteries out of the smoke detector? Yep. You know, and when we were done, did we put them back and open a window or 10 or I was. Or, yeah, I was usually the one at our house that made sure that we had a fire extinguisher just because I'm that guy, you know. <laughs> well, that's, that is, that is, there's nothing wrong with being that guy. It's oh. important. When you're burning something, you should always have a way to pull it, put it out. We have had some spectacular fiery fires to used to call them. Well, and well, I, I wanted to touch base on two and then, and then I'm sure we're going to wander, but. Yeah. We're, we're, we're so focused right now on talking about the smoke. Mm-hmm. I want to hearken back to the fact that the, the, the heading is the element of air as smoke. Yeah. And the reason that I say that is, okay, so I'm in a situation where I can't light a fire. Ooh. Okay, what can I, what can I substitute for smoke? I can't. Let's, let's say I'm incarcerated or let's say I live in a an assisted living or a managed care facility or, or some place or I'm in the hospital where I'm in some place where it's simply not acceptable for me to light a candle or incense or something like that. And so I wanted to just briefly touch on some different alternatives to smoke that will still represent the element of air. I like that idea. Go ahead. So one of my first and easiest representations for that is steam. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to have people that would ask about how to use their um, their sage bundles. I think we call them blessing sticks now. Mm-hmm. Um, people would say, well, you know, I, I, I know I'm supposed to light this and waft the smoke because that's the tradition that I've learned but I'm not supposed to have anything burning and I have smoke detectors <laughs> until I cut up a bunch of sage, get some dried sage leaves, cut a bunch up, put on the kettle to make some hot water, mm-hmm. pour that hot water in that bowl and stir it up with a bunch of state sage leaves. And you'll notice steam coming off of that bowl. Sometimes I you could just use the pot itself of the hot water, put the, Put the sage right in there. But as you see the steam coming off, you can waft the steam, which gives you a substitute visual impact. Mm-hmm. And you're definitely going to smell sage. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. So oh, you're, you're oh, getting the scent and the taste of it. So that's one way, just by using steam instead of smoke, that we can still honor and work with and represent the element of air without necessarily having a fire. And another good thing to think about in those terms, if you are practicing with people with breathing difficulties who Certainly. have asthma or allergies. COPD or, or something like that. Sure. Which is a lot more common than it used to be, or people who are dealing with long-haul COVID symptoms still. you know, Or some folks with, with eye disabilities just can't tolerate smoke. Yep. Except that you can use that as a really wonderful substitute. Yep, so steam is a great one. One. Mm-hmm. What else have we used to call us to, towards having the element of air? Uh, for me, it's always been certain rocks do it for me. Okay. You know, if I have those around, they remind me of air. Or just crushing up herbs in like a mortar and pestle. Yep. 
if you can't even burn steam, you can get the scent, and there's that physical connection to the smell that way. Sure, sure, and the physical act. Yep. Yep. Of I am, you know, or just sometimes just going outside and standing in a breeze. Sure. And feeling what's out there. I mean, literally getting outside when I need mental clarity and I'm feeling real foggy, I'll go look for somewhere I can stand facing the wind. Yep. yep. You know, and that connects me back to air without using smoke. Sure. As it, you know, I mean, you have to figure out what hooks you up with it. I have uh, I have one of those Oriental little fold-out fans. Mm-hmm that I've used and I'll open it up and myself a couple of times and then close it back down and set it on the altar or whatever I'm using for a working space. And there's my air, um, a large feather works, but very, very, very last minimalist thing. So I don't know why today, but for some reason I'm thinking about folks that are incarcerated and just don't have access to anything, but still want to be able to practice. Uh There's a, cultural thing, at least in the United States, that used to be kind of a joke where you would cup your hands and sort of breathe into your hands and then smell it to check to see whether or not you had foul breath or not. Mm-hmm. But if you do that and breathe and inhale and then wipe that up over your head, yep. you know, all, almost as if you were breathing smoke and then washing yourself with it, you can get that sense of honoring the element of air without having anything at all. You know, the, the desert island kind of situation. Yeah. Well, so it's taking a breath because we honor our sacred three of body, mind, and spirit by taking a deep breath for each one. I am so sorry, but I am just going to have to say this because I'm this guy on this podcast. Go ahead. A fart. If somebody says I need a representative of the element of air, I would be the guy that would lift my leg and drop one. Oh, of course you would. <laughs> but that's just you, you know, and that's okay today. You know, we got to have some, some fun with this. You know, can't be all serious. Right, right, right. Come on, that wouldn't be us. <laughs> you know, but to keep people... Semi-focus. On, oh my God! You know, a dirty, a dirty sneaker sock as the element of air. <laughs> hey, whatever. Cooking. Yes. The smell of baking bread. How's that one? Oh yeah. Okay, now I got him again. Yep, yep, yep. Oh yeah, I've been baking bread for ritual for years, and we're talking, we're talking about openings in our practice session, and I'm just gonna stick in there. That for me is a big part of my opening is that act of baking. It well, and I'm laugh, laughing because there's a there's a part of the year that I refer to as apple bread, apple bar season. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, Samhain is apple bar season, but the whole. But the whole idea is that's, that's a discussion for another day. We'll have to remember to do what practices just on cakes and ale again. Sure. You know, and different fun stuff you can try. Oh, dear. We'll be fine. You and I, we really will. Take but, a breath. We're talking about air. Yes, we are. But the whole idea, to, to sum it all up nicely, is we want to be able to see air and connect with it in some way. Or smell it, it. See it and feel it and touch it. And I, I guess if you distill that out of a particular sense, 
be aware and connected to its presence. Exactly. And because it's like, it's almost like the shy one in the group. I love that. You're right, though. You're right, yeah. though. It is. Yep. You can get fire to show up. Oh, please, yes. Easily. Air and, and earth and water. But air is well, kind of special like that. And sort of, and for want of a better word, the curial. Right. In whether it's coming to the party or not, you know. So, so yeah, and it's also associated with Mercury. So we'll leave that one alone. But the whole idea is you want a balance of the elements if you're going to be working with them, and a balance within you of their aware of the awareness of them. So sometimes you have to kind of search a little further to find the subtle. Well, and just kind of a sidetrack, but music. Mm-hmm. Music could be used ever as a representative air because without the air, we wouldn't hear it. Or ringing a bell. Ringing bells, yep. Sound, people, sound in general. Lots of people do that as, start, as a start of their ritual. I have a little tiny replica version of what would have been a, a Central American maraca that I use. You know, kind of just a little stone shaker sort of thing. So there are lots of ways to do it. But like I said, we're talking, we talk, when we talk about the path... We liked incense, and somehow that just seems... <laughs> the, the, the smoke fills the room, and the smoke is our air. Yeah, absolutely. Pretty much, yeah. Well, and even even outdoors, you know, we've, oh, had, we've had fires for years, but if you're doing a fire nicely, and if your bonfire is burning well, you don't get a lot of smoke, but you have intentionally saved, like, Branches from the the Yule tree, and, no, and you, laven, laven, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You are going there. No, we Some are of the not. things that I've seen you and Susie put in the fire pit, and then all of a sudden there's twenty feet of flame. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was dried lavender, and yes, it smells like lavender. It smells like lavender in any one of the surrounding eleven zip codes now. <laughs> yeah, you know. Smoke is the element of air. We never set out to have 20 foot flames. Let, let, let's, let's just Understood. Un, understood. <laughs> you know. Oh, dear. And I'm still reminded of the time you were talking about doing ritual with Jeremy. We were indoors in his house and he had a fireplace, a small fireplace. Right. And decided he was going to stuff some leftover branches yep. from the Christmas tree. Yep. I January. That. <laughs> okay. We didn't. Uh, there was also the incident where somehow several fish died while we were doing ritual, but that's another story. So with that, I think I was there for that. One. <laughs> I don't think you were actually because I think that was the salvia experimentation. Yep. Yeah, I don't know if you were there for that one or not. But in any event, you know. No, um, I was. I was. Uh, I was pick up an aftermath on the salvia. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right, but with that being said. Hey, yeah. laughter is a representative of air. It, thank you. Yes, it is. Humor and yeah. and all of that stuff. So with that being said, we think of air as smoke kind of interchangeably when we start talking about the element. And like we said, the element hasn't complained. Right, right, right. <laughs> you yeah. know, we have not heard from management that that's not an appropriate nickname. Yep. You know, so we'll go with it. It's not, you know. And I have been it. checking my spam filter just in case. Yeah, I mean, we haven't heard from the, you know, uh, culture. Smoke police. The smoke police, and we'll just leave that one alone. So, 
Until next time, with that being said, may you find mirth and reverence in all things. Be safe, be kind, and be loved. Practices in the path. These are the hows and whats that we, as practitioners on the path, actually do in our own lives. Everything from the various tools that we work with, as well as those we don't and why, to the solar and lunar cycles, herbs we use, crystals and stones that we work with, candles, incenses, and anything else we come up with that can give an understanding of what we personally do with our magical practices. How we do what we do when we do that, we do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. So today we're going to start talking about what Sue and I kind of divided a ritual into, into sections. Yep. There's an opening, a working, and a closing. It's well, like- I, I just have to point out for our, for our regular folks and, and folks that have spent time reading um, the tradition, the path, and whatnot, threes in there with like ingress, congress, egress, which is exactly what you are going to describe in a different format as opening, working, and closing. Pretty much, yeah. I like that. Ingress is is like that invitation to the party, as we always used to say. Let's get things set up and make some magic. Exactly. And the opening, when you think about it, if you are doing any sort of magical working, and it's part of a ritual, you enter into that magical state, which is the opening. You do the working where you're in the magical, because you have to do magic in the magical to create whatever. Start manifesting, and then you have to bring it back to the mundane where it can manifest, which is the closing in a nutshell. Yes, I agree. When you think about it. So today we're going to focus on openings. Well, and and the reason that I hesitated for a moment is it's just a matter of vocabulary. Yeah. Um, but I, I grew up and developed a bit of an aversion to people looking at me and saying, you have to, you have to, you have to, and you have to. Mm-hmm. So what I was looking at is how you are right. There is a moment when you are either creating or forming a connection or whatever to get ready for the conversation. Mm-hmm. There is the conversation, and there is the, you know, the closing or the wrap-up. And I was thinking for a moment how, you know, very often – we start off a segment with you saying what we do and then I sort of bridle against it and talk my way into it, talk my way around the circle and into it. Yeah. And I just realized because even though I don't necessarily do circle the same way anymore or that I don't like to acknowledge the difference between the magical and the mundane, I kind of try to combine them with each breath. Mm -hmm. That being said, when I'm going to have a magical thought, I always stop and take a deep breath. Yeah. I position myself spiritually mm-hmm. in that place where I'm going to call it prayer, call it whatever you want, but I'm going to put myself in that position to hope for something. Mm-hmm. I'm going to actively have the hope. Sometimes I even whisper it to myself. Uh then I'm going to take a breath and shrug my shoulders and move on. So even in that moment where I'm blessing my door handle or smiling at the sky or whatever it is that I'm doing, there is 
without question, an opening, a moment, and a closing to that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You almost liken it to a good novel or a movie or a play. The opening is like the introduction. Who's who's attending? Who's who the characters are? What's the motivation for the actions? Mm-hmm. And then you have all the drama, right? The conflict and the resolution and so on. And then you have like the wrapping it all up at the end. Yeah, I was just trying to think about Dedic. Well, no. I rabbit hole there for a minute. I was trying to think of a different way to word it, but it wouldn't match the metaphor of movie, though. No, or or book, probably not. But you but you understand what I'm saying. There's a, there's a lot of mundane things that we do where there's an opening and working and a closing too. So, you know, it, it's just when we focus it in terms of our of our spirituality, you think of it as transitioning to that, as we say, that place, you know, the place between time and space. Well, and. And then back out. It's in our architecture, too, if you really think about it. I mean, our buildings, even our own homes, we tend to treat that area near the front door as a portal of sorts. Mm -hmm. But, you know, big buildings, churches, all mosques, all of these different kind of places have sort of a smaller and ante room Mm -hmm. where one prepares for the experience of being within the structure. Yes, exactly. Um, and, and not for nothing, if you if you look at, I, I mean, I can look at my little foyer there, and I can look at the front door of your house, and yet yeah, that's what that is. This is the kind of place you're in. This is the expectations. It's the energy. Come on. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and for us, and, and you, you've talked about before, it's lighting the charcoal for you. <laughs> that whole process of your brain going, oh, ritual or magic is happening. Yeah, yeah. So I do that with my breath now as well. You know, like yeah, I say, yeah. if I'm looking at the sky, I, I, I do a. I mean, I, to use a Christian parallel. Go ahead. That quick, deep breath for me before I I bless my door or look at the sky or whatever is a. Yeah. Hello, God. It's me, Dave. In, in in a way, using that metaphor, that's part of what our opening is that we're talking about is, uh, okay, universe, I'm here and I am consciously and actively trying to make a connection in body, mind, and spirit. Exactly. You know, and, and sometimes we, you have to acknowledge that you're going to do something, and that's the real purpose of an opening, however you do it. Sure. You know. It's like wake up, pay. It's like that that phrase, wake up and pay attention. Right, right, right. Because sometimes our magical side is a little buried in mundane shit. Let's be honest. Sure, sure. You know, and we need to to nudge it, like yo, wake up, we're doing something fun now. You know. Well, and there's and there's different degrees to the concept of opening as well, simply because. After having done re- ritual with you and Susie and Jeremy and and folks through the years and whatnot, the the big fancy event observation rituals oh, yeah. <laughs> that you've done often have that bowl of water and the anointing oil and whatnot, so that you you cleanse yourself with the smoke and you wash your hands, and then that dot of oil on the forehead. 
is sort of the anointing or I'm going to step my way in now. And I usually like to step through a curtain of smoke or what have you. After having done that with you off and on for what, 15, 16 years. Probably, yeah. To this day, if I go upstairs right now and get a little bit of olive oil or baby oil or something like that, and I put it on that spot between my brows, Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's a genetic trigger spot there because so many religions for so long have used that spot, or if it's just me. But if I put a little oil there, the Mm -hmm. feeling of it on my skin and the change in temper temperature and the evaporation and everything else touches call it my chakra mm-hmm. call, it, call it whatever but yeah. it stimulates something in me that says ooh ooh we're, we're at the dance now yeah exactly and that's you know? yes I do that's the whole point of an opening is to find that willingness as we used to say willingness to suspend disbelief sure because sure. yeah. as, as kids magic was real and as witches, we know in our heads that magic is real, but the other parts of us are not necessarily along for the dance yet. Right, right. And the opening lets us find that, for want of a better word, that childlike joy and wonder feeling. Right. You know, if, if, if you're really into the whole idea of it, it's a lot more fun. And, and part of ritual, ritual is supposed to be fun and it's most basic. And you were talking about the, the oil on your forehead. For me, because of what we've written as part of the path, we have what we call a self-blessing. We don't use the word cleansing because we tend to feel if we're coming to ritual, we're spiritually clean anyway, because we're spiritual people. But moving on, we tend to self-bless right. at the start of a ritual. And we have something we say, because like you said, we have the, the water and the salt and, and the, the, smud, the smoke, you know, the blessing stick and tea light and all that and the oil that we put on ourselves because we are our own priests and priestesses. Nobody's in charge of anointing us to make us ready for ritual. We do. We are in charge of that part. But it, the open, we say something and the opening words are the way is prepared. Yep. I hear the way is prepared, and my brain goes ding, 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 ding. And like, I get like, like me when someone likes charcoal. <laughs> I hear, yes. It's almost like Pavlov's dogs. That right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, behavioral conditioning, but that's the idea. And the idea is you, listeners, as a practicing witch, is you have to figure out what opening works for you. What lights you up and makes you go ding, ding, ding? Today. Today, yes. And I say it that way because what works the last five rituals might not work for today. Exactly. Always give yourself that option and that flexibility to say, okay, the the seeker that I am today, this is what I feel will get me in that place where Oh please, yes. I'm in the zone. Yeah. Oh please, yes. There's a familiarity with tradition, which is great. You know, we have, like you said, the Ingress Congress Ingress thing that we do. And those are, for want of a better word, our most formal rituals in that respect. Sure, because you're providing that conversation with particularly elemental energies. Yeah, exactly, over and over. So there needs to be that thingness, and there's a feeling of tradition that's cool. Absolutely. We have also written other rituals that we hoped were going to be as wonderful as important and gotten started with them and tossed the paper and said, this isn't what we wanted to do at all. You know, 
and sometimes just burn the ritual paper in the fire. I, I was just going to say, I can remember a time when the two of you struggled back and forth for three or four days over versions of a ritual, oh, and you yeah. got it all hammered out. And then about 20 minutes into it, I was doing dishes. I looked out the back window, and I saw the two of you drop the paper in the fire, turn and give each other a hug. And the two of you were laughing so hard, I thought you were crying. <laughs> no, I know exactly. But that's... They take and right here, you, the two of you were just laughing your heads off. Like, oh, yeah. all right, yeah, well, we got here, that's done. Let's get spiritual. Yeah. <laughs> the whole idea, it brings it all back to that whole verse and reverence thing that I right. about all the time. Yeah, you got to go into it with enough seriousness and respect for what you're doing to have that sense of awe and amazement. But you also got to be willing to say, fuck it, this is not working and laugh about it. Well, and not for nothing. I think I think today, more than when we were children, things seem to be so polarized and so black and white. Okay. Just for just for a minute, think all the way back to when you were you had finished Sunday school and you had to sit in the grown up service for a few minutes. Even then, that guy up there or or lady whomever whomever was up on that thing that was giving you that message, they made jokes. Sure they did. They had puns. There were laughs as part of their stories. Or they weren't very good at what they were doing. (laughs) I don't necessarily mean to call out Catholics in that right. Yeah, well. Uh, That that to me seemed to be a bit over-ritualized. But even your average Methodist or Baptist minister, they're cracking jokes from the pulpit. So there's nothing wrong with having some mirth and some joviality and sharing a joyful moment. I mean, you're supposed to be there to celebrate anyway. Exactly. I mean, it it is the most basic rituals are supposed to be celebratory more than anything else. The full moon is here. Yay! Right! It's spring. I mean, if, if, if nothing else, I've lived to see another full moon. There you go. Yes. I woke up breathing this morning. And considering the alternative, that's not a bad way to start the day. Yay. You know, one of, one, like one of the things that I wrote here a couple of weeks ago, and I'm, I'm coming out of that headspace now, but. One of the things that I wrote down a couple weeks ago was that I am now gracefully walking away from the dumpster fire that was 23. (laughs) Well, there you go. But, yeah, sometimes you have to. you got to put things in perspective. But back to openings. All right, briefly, you can have some sort of blessing. Some people have an entry into the sacred space area that they do. Light some incense. Yes, lights the main <laughs> Or I, I know the, the world will not end if you're supposed to go clockwise. The group you're practicing with once, you'd go clockwise and you walk counterclockwise around a circle. Moving on from that experience, <laughs> and we've all done it. Um, that sounds like a, another story entirely. <laughs> yes. Like some groups are a little more traditional than others. And then some people cast a circle or establish a bubble. A bubble, yep. So that you have a space to work ritual in and a place to put energy if you're raising energy. Some right. people are very formal and they call the quarters or the watchtowers of the quarters. 
when all the you know the different gods and spirits and anything yep. they're working with and personally i think calling is kind of rude or expecting somebody to show up you know because you said so yep. little hubris there but you know, well yeah yeah but you kind of grow out of that hopefully but the idea is you have a certain sequence of things that works for you right and you learn those different bits and pieces and then you mix and match depending on the purpose of your ritual or just because that's what you feel like doing or that's what the weather calls for. I mean, if you want to go outside and have a bonfire and do magic around the bonfire and it's snowing, like a blizzard snowing, you're not going to be outside and you have to settle for candles in the living room, which may prevent you from walking <clears throat> around easily. You know, I, 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 I need to speak up on that. Yes. Only because if you'll remember all those years when it was too cold and snowy for you two to do ritual, so you do it in the living room instead. Yes. Where was I usually? Lighting a bonfire. <laughs> you lit it for us so it was symbolically there. And we yeah. always appreciated it. But <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It, it is part of your opening, though. Absolutely. It is. You need to I mean, glancing, out. glancing out that window and seeing that Dave's getting the ritual fire going. Yep. You know, as you came in and got your jacket off and whatnot, it was part of the opening process. Okay, we're getting ready to do thing. Something. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully magical, or at least enjoyable, or fun, or serious, or whatever. But that's, you know, another practices thing we'll talk about. Where he's. But the well, idea is you find these bits and pieces and collect them from wherever and try them out. Right. Like you said, just because it worked the last five rituals, it may not work this time. And what it's good do to I need? Pocket ready to try. Yeah. What do I need today in my here and now me to get those juices flowing? Exactly. And that sounds like a good way to end that right there. We've talked about openings. Absolutely. Yes. Next time around, we'll talk about working. Da, 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 da. And, 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 and just as a little bit of a premonit, premonitory thing. Yeah, that's not a word, Dave. Um, foreshadowing anyway. I like that, yes. Much Between better. the opening and the working and the closing, I think we will have the most deep discussion about the closing because for me that has traditionally been the most difficult part interesting um the what do you do on the walk home from the dance in my metaphor so any, anyway i look forward to talking with you here in a couple of weeks about our working sections and then we'll move on to closings and we will talk about your difficulties with walking home from the dance there you go until next time, then, may you find mercy and reverence in all things. Be safe, be kind, and be loved. Practical magic for the everyday witch. These are simple spells we use that don't require a lot of ingredients for correspondences or sometimes no ingredients at all. However, the biggest reminder about spellcraft is that the best spells are the ones you create for yourself because they are a part of your own magic. There are three important components to any spell. Number one is setting your intent. This means that you need to be able to state clearly and precisely what you want your spell to do and how you want it to be done. Number two is ingredients. Any physical items you need to cast your spell, such as candles or herbs, 
or to act as correspondences, which are representations of something physical that you don't have right in front of you or are trying to come up with or manifest. Finally, number three is some sort of way to raise energy. After all, all spells are powered by energy, and there are a number of different ways to raise this type of energy, including chanting or various movements. You are having one of those moments or days when you are struggling to grasp your thoughts and put them into some sort of coherent order. Whether you are just tired, maybe suggest a nap if that's the case, or you are overwhelmed with too much to try to focus on all at once, some clarity of thought would be really beneficial right about now. Here's a quick spell to take a moment to gather yourself and your thoughts together. The intent for the spell is, my thoughts are organized and easy to grasp. Simple and to the point. Ingredients, you just need a yellow candle and something to make flame. Here's a spell chant to raise the energy. My thoughts are untangled and my mind is clear. I know what I need and it appears. As I said, my thoughts are untangled, my mind is clear. I know what I need and it appears. Here's the steps for this spell. Light the yellow candle and set it in front of you. Repeat the spell chant until you feel the energy start to rise. Now start breathing slowly in and out and focus on the flame and only the flame. Feel your thoughts settling, becoming sharper and clearer as your attention is directed to only this one thing. Now feel that fog of confusion begin to clear as you become aware that your thoughts are no longer so tangled up. When you are ready, Extinguish the candle and say out loud, I am filled with the flame of mental clarity, as I will, so mote it be. Whenever you feel your thoughts start to tangle up again today, recall the feelings of having the flame in front of you and focus again back into your mind and feel the mental clarity starting to return. Here's a simple little enhancement you could add to this spell for an extra boost if you want. If it's a windy day, Take your candle outside and let the wind extinguish the flame. Face into the wind and allow it to blow through you. Let it blow that fog of mental confusion far away. Before we go, we would like to present you with a tip or trick or witchy hint. Just something to make your day go better because we live in a mixture of the magical and the mundane. Today's tip, trick, or witchy hint is all about remembering to breathe. Now, this may seem rather counterintuitive because if we don't breathe, we don't live, but that's besides the point. Um, the last several days, there seems to have been a number of issues with weather throughout the country that have been caused by wind and the consequences of tornadoes and electrical power failures and flooding due to storm surge and all sorts of fun stuff. But maybe that's why I'm so focused on breathing for the last couple of days. I don't know. But when you think about it on the path, we think of ourselves as having three basic components, body, mind, and spirit, that need to work together in harmony most of the time in order for us to create effective ritual, practice ritual, and do magic. We often center ourselves as part of a ritual by taking three deep breaths, one for each of those parts. And it seems to send us to a place of calming and 
focus and reminders that we are magical individuals when we do this. This is because we practiced this way for a long time. Now, as part of a daily practice, I am making it a point several times throughout the day at the moment. One of the little things I'm doing is to stop, take those three deep breaths, and center myself for a moment and remind myself that I am a magical individual and that magic is around me and runs through me. One of the things that we focused on today was I gave you a quick spell for mental clarity and suggested you go outside and let the wind blow through you for a minute or two as an enhancement because somehow standing in that breeze, facing the wind and letting it blow through you as you breathe seems to blow away all that fog of uncertainty or confusion or lack of clarity for want of a better word that seems to be part of our lives especially during these winter months where everyone's stuck inside at least where we live and the weather is uncertain and unpredictable and it gives us a sense of gives me at least a sense of stability so i'm going to remember to take three deep breaths one for body one for mind and one for spirit in fact, why don't you try it right now? Take a minute. Just close your eyes for a second. Take that breath and focus on the physical. Know that you are present in your body. Take another breath for mind. Know that you are a thinking, feeling, working individual who has thoughts about magic and the mundane as needed. And finally, take a deep breath for spirit, because that is a part of ourselves that we nourish by being a witch. We sit there and we enhance our spirituality through those little daily things, through rituals, through magic, through whatever you need to do. So now that you breathe in and out three times, you go about your day slightly more refreshed. If nothing else, your brain has gotten that extra hit of oxygen that allows you to have a little bit more energy for a minute. And when you think about it, this is also a great tool to use if you are starting to feel anxious or uncertain in a situation and you can feel things starting to ramp up for yourself. That's a natural thing that happens when we start to get anxious or feel nervous. Our fight or flight instinct of our autonomic nervous system starts ramping up for danger, danger, and maybe we need to get out of here or maybe we're going to have to fight with somebody to be okay. However, we can also fool that autonomic nervous system because it is not a quote unquote thinking part of our brain. Where if we take a minute and take those three deep breaths in and out, really drawing as much air as you can deep into your belly, feel your solar plexus expand and exhale, we can actually trick that autonomic part of our brain into thinking things are okay, things start to slow down again and we feel better. So with that being said, like I said, today's trip, trick or witchy hint is please remember to breathe. And not just because it's part of your need for life, but just because it can help you feel better. So with that being said, until next time, may you find mirth and reverence in all things. Well, it looks like the coffee cups are empty for this week. We hope you join us again next Tuesday. But you can find us at our website, twoyoungcrones.com. That's the number two, Young Crones. We'd love to have you join our growing online Discord community.
Check out our new Patreon presence. Just look for Young Crohn's Cafe. Through Patreon, you'll be able to make it to our Discord. We are also Young Crohn's Cafe on Twitter and Facebook. Until then, remember, we are witches who work with energies to affect change. We are believers in both imminent and transcendent divine. We are celebrants of the passage of the solar and lunar cycles. We are hedgewalkers who pass back and forth between the worlds of the magical and the mundane. We are seekers of knowledge. And we are walkers of a spiritual tradition we call the path. So mote it be. So mote it be. Mm-hmm.